Hey, it's Mark McKenzie, and you're listening to Keep It Simple. What is going on, everybody? This is Chuck. I am the host of the podcast you are listening to right now. Keeping it simple. Thank you for joining us today. We have a great episode for you with the one and only Mark McKenzie of the U.S. Men's National Team, who just got called in for the World Cup qualifiers this week after he came on our podcast. So are we good luck charm here at Keeping It Simple? I don't know. You guys could be the judge. But before we get into the episode... I got a quick announcement. We are running a jersey giveaway with Mark. Mark graciously gave us a Genk jersey, and we're giving it away over at a YouTube channel. So head on over there to see how you enter. It's really simple. You just got to like the video, subscribe to our channel, and comment your uh, ideal center back starting pair. Or maybe you're thinking three back. I don't know. Uh, But make sure you put Mark in there. Show him some love. But head on over to our YouTube channel. Just look us up keeping it simple podcast and i'll put a i'll put a link in the uh, show notes here so go check it out um yeah that's it that's it for me here he is mark mckenzie okay we now welcome on another special guest he's a national team player and a gank player as well it is mark mckenzie mark how are you doing today I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. You know, a little sleepy. It's a Friday evening. It's been a long week. You know, got a, a pup now. You know, so I'm a pup on and out for two weeks. But, yeah, he's, uh, he's keeping me going. So, nah, I'm, I'm chilling, man. How you guys doing? Doing great. Doing well. So, before we get into the conversation, we start out with some quick hitter questions. Just rapid fire, one or two word answer. Are you ready to go? Yes, sir. All right. What's your go-to Mario Kart character? Hmm. <laughs> I'm uh I'm a big Yoshi fan. Okay. I like Yoshi on that. Yeah. I'm dry bones. I'm usually dry bones. <laughs> I was waiting. Somebody's always dry bones. So. <laughs> um, if you had to guess, if you were a betting man, where would Messi play? Where's Messi gonna play this fall? Ah, Paris. Yeah, it's gotta be right. Maybe the MLS. I don't know. Nah. Or potentially, potentially MLS, but I think he's gonna stay in Europe. But then he'll hit, uh, I think he'll hit Paris. They yeah. got a nice team, so he's gonna, he's gonna want to hop on that on that train. It would be nuts if they had that him and Mbappe name our front three untouchable. Really, no one can fuck with that. No nah, way, man. It's crazy. It's still got Di Maria and Icardi. And yeah, it's still got a deep team, bro. So I'm yeah, just see how it all pans out. Uh, what is your first ever gaming system as a kid? Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. I'd probably say I had a GameCube and I had uh, I think the GameCube and PSP were like my two, two first nice. uh exposures to, yeah. to gaming. So, yeah, we all grew up on Nintendo, that's got to be everybody's yeah, first. Has to Love be, that, has to be, has to be. Um, okay, when you were in school, what was your least favorite subject? Math. Hate it, man. Math. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, who's the greatest quarterback of all time? It's gotta be Tom Brady. I mean, I mean, yeah. But you're a New York Tom guy, Brady. right? 
Are you a Giants fan? Yeah, yeah, I'm a big Giants fan. But, yeah, same you know, here. You gotta pay. You gotta pay. Pay homage and respect to to, to the greatest. And, you know, one of the greatest to do it. You know, particularly in his position. So, you yeah. See I my, uh, I got my Eli jersey on. Uh, no, I was gonna say. I was gonna say Eli. You know, that's, that's <laughs> a, you know he's the the assassin. You know, that's what I call him. You know, two times yeah. taking on Brady. So. Yeah, but no, I give big, big respect to Brady, you know, what he's done in his career, so. Yeah. All right, my last one here, two-parter. Um, first, Apple Music or Spotify, and the second part of it is you got to give me, if you got a game in, like, 10 minutes, you putting on a song in the locker room to get everybody hyped up, like, what is your go-to pregame song? Because we're starting, we have started, actually, a Spotify playlist where each guest gives us one song, their pregame, like, hype song, and we're going to put it together, a nice playlist, and... uh link it out for all our listeners so they can, they can, you know, have something for this fall for their, for their games, if they're players. Yeah. So first part was, uh, Apple sorry, or Spotify. Apple or Spotify. Uh, probably Spotify just as a playlist. You know, I think, uh, I think that's, that's probably my go-to uh, yep. now as of late. Uh, I just really, yeah, probably the last like eight months, 10 months now, I've really been rocking with Spotify and before I was Apple music, but it's kind of limited in the, the, the playlist section. So, Mm-hmm. Um, and then second, uh, what am I rocking? Ten minutes. Um, I think probably like probably like Gotti by uh by Travis Scott and Pop Smoke. Mm-hmm. I think that combo is like uh for me, you know, uh, get you get me in the right place. You know that that energy that I need. You know that New York grime. You know, and there with that, yep. that Travis Scott. You know, banger. You know, head head flow. So I think I think that's probably one of them. Yeah, the pop sm- pop smokes voice just gets you, puts you in a different state yeah, of mind. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You know that combo, those two together, was, uh, was a good combo. Yeah, yeah. When we had Chris Richards on, he was a big, big pop smoke fan. Yeah, and nah. he was saying it puts. This was right after his album dropped last summer. The oh, okay, okay, the, okay. yeah, yeah. The stars. Yeah. So yeah. he was. I believe his quote was. Uh, if I listen to Pop Smoke before a game, it makes me want to kill somebody or something like that. Something <laughs> along those lines. That's a bit aggressive by Chris, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a bit aggressive. <laughs> but, a bit aggressive, but no, nah, no, nah, I feel that Pop Smoke. That's you know R.I.P. to him, but uh, yeah, yeah, he's gone too soon. But listen, man, I, I love his music, so that's uh, yeah. Did this man Kanye West drop his album? No, I didn't. No, nah, nah, I'm not Come paying on, attention man. to that mess. That, you can't. You can't. That marketing, marketing, it. it's just marketing at that point. Yeah, yeah. at this point, he's, he's just dragging it out. And it's like, you yep. drop the album, bro. You keep dropping all these visuals and the, the, the live streaming. The live stream is hilarious, man. It looks like they're in a fucking prison camp or something over yeah, there. Yeah, bro. I'm like, what, what is this guy doing? He's in a, a cell, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> bro, just drop, the, just drop the album. Yep. Um. Okay, so if you could see this jersey right over my shoulder... What does that uh what 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 comes to mind when you see that that yeah, Valley, steel jersey? Baby. Yeah. yeah, man, that brings back some memories, you know. My first sniff at uh professional football, you know, taking the, the two hour trip up with the folks from uh from Delaware up to yeah, up to Lehigh University, you know, on the weekends. Uh yeah, the smell, the sight, you know, knowing that it's you know, I think it was twenty fifteen. Like my first like appearance with the with the steel, but yeah, just just brings like memories, you know, playing with academy teammates, you know, and you finally putting on a professional, you know, jersey and getting on the field and actually playing against, you know, professionals, you know, that's like your 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 introduction to what it, you know what what it, 
what's needed to to make it, you know. So a lot of uh, a lot of appreciation for the steel. Um, now it's Union too, but uh, with Bethlehem Steel, yeah, and the supporters uh, who would come out on a weekly basis, um, just playing in the stadium. You know, it wasn't like a football specific stadium, but it was it was one that kind of I think the the bowlish feel to it kind of made it feel like yeah, mm-hmm. you know, if this place got packed, you could feel you could feel the the, the energy. So yeah, man, I, I I enjoyed I enjoyed my time with the Steel. You know, it was uh, yeah. I think I spent four years with them. So it was, yeah, good four years, you know, to help prepare me for, you know, for the next steps. Yep. So we're actually from Bethlehem. That's why we got this jersey. But oh, I, okay. So we're, yeah. Yeah, we're from here, but my cousin lives in, in Manhattan. He was at a thrift store and he came across this for like 10 bucks. So I was like, all right, I got to get it. I got to throw it up behind me so we can pay our respects to our hometown. No, that's fair. That's fair. Respect to that. Respect to that. I don't know why it's in a thrift store. You know, the joint should be in a museum. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's a classic. Mm, thanks. So. Vintage. Yeah, man. Do you guys ever go and like get food in Bethlehem at all? Like after your games or anything, or you're just there in and out? No, it's pretty much in and out. Especially you know, for me, it's a it's a pretty long drive. Yeah. So by the time the game is at four o'clock, over at six o'clock, you're not getting on until about eight. Um, yeah, probably eight. Probably later, honestly, even later than that, because you still got to shower. So they'll have food after the game in a locker room and you get, you know, whether it be some pizza, whether it be some sandwiches or anything like that, you know, grab it and eat a little bit in the locker room or you can take it to go, you know. But, uh, but yeah, it usually wasn't get home till pretty late just because, well, one, the games were earlier because there weren't lights at the stadium. So yeah, yeah. a lot of times they try and get them in, not at midday, but they would try and do it at a time where the sun's starting to move down a little bit. But, um, you know, at the same time, it was, uh, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty long journey. So food after the game, you would grab it and go. How you old were you play- when you broke through in, with the, with the Bethlehem Steel? Were you like 15, 16? 15, 15. 15. Yeah, that was, that was my debut with them. Uh, started at left back and then, uh, played in a few matches at right back and then central defender from the rest of my time. So it was, uh, yeah, again, you're a young guy just trying to get minutes. So at that point. You wanna, you just wanna be on the pitch, you know. Wherever they put you, they put you. Um, so yeah, I was just looking forward to the opportunity. Hmm. I don't think I ever went to a game there. Really? Bethlehem no, Steel? Did you? Have you? Will? Uh, I think I went to like maybe one. Yeah. Um, I've I would like have practice there sometimes while games were going on, so I could kind of like like right next to it. You know how like behind there was like a bunch of practice fields, so I'd practice like yeah, right yeah. behind there. And we could kind of like hear and see what was going on, but I think I only really ever went to one game. So they would you got they play at the like where they play in the football, football stadium. Oh, yeah. so mm-hmm. the big one. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. The fan base was actually decent, from what I could tell. Yeah. I think the fan base was pretty good, and they were kind of disappointed when I mean they were very disappointed when it when it moved, but it makes sense because yeah. it was pretty far from from Chester and like where the stadiums at and everything. So it makes yeah. sense. No, it was yeah, definitely definitely weird not playing there anymore, but. uh or when they moved, they officially renamed it. I wasn't – honestly, I wasn't still with the, the, the second team at that point in time, but when they moved, mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, a lot of good memories, you know, and a lot of lessons learned and experiences over at uh, over at Lehigh. So, yeah, man, yeah. I think it was it's definitely tough, especially for the supporters who are out there in Bethlehem. So, yeah, uh, awesome. So, yeah. you're from – you were born in the Bronx, but you grew up in Delaware. Mm-hmm. What, what, where do you really consider home for you? 
For me, it's New York. I'm a city boy at heart, you know, and I'm a city boy through and through. Everyone, you'll hear it on every platform, whether I talk to teammates or whether I talk to people who know me. Oh, he's from Delaware. Oh, he's just, <laughs> but no, nah, like I grew up in Delaware. I won't deny it. But at the same time, you know, I'm a city boy through and through. Uh, I love the city. You know, New York is where I, I feel at home. Um, Delaware is it's like, Delaware's home, don't get me wrong, but New York for me is where I see myself settling down. Um, some people can't handle the hustle and bustle, but mm-hmm. for me, I think I think Delaware is just a bit too dead for me. Um, I think it's not a there's not a lot going. Similar to gang, honestly, there's <laughs> not a whole lot that that happens out here. But yeah. uh, but you know, that's how it goes sometimes. So look, in Delaware, I had plenty of opportunity to to, to start playing football. You know, and introducing myself to to the game, you know, on different levels. So, yeah, I have uh, you know, a lot of experiences coming up through the ranks in, in, in youth football in Delaware, but I think just so, City Boy, New York is, is where I'll claim, you know, yeah. uh, till I die, so. Nice. So when did you get picked up by the Union? How old were you? Did you do, like, the Union Juniors and then into Academy and then Bethlehem Steel, like, the whole shebang yeah, all the way through the ranks? Yeah, 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 yeah. I went through the Union Juniors with, Several several guys went out pro. Um, Anthony Fontana, Matt Real. Uh, but honestly, I didn't start with them until I was with this regional team. Uh, it's like a talent identification program called EDP. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I got kept getting consistently called into that little regional group. Um, that's where I met like Timothy Wea and a few other guys. Um, and then ultimately from there, the coach recommended me to the Union Juniors program. I started going up there a few times a week. And then, yeah, by the time I hit 12, the union was starting their program. They were starting their uh, academy full-time. And they selected me. Uh, so I was thankful because at the time I, I was coming off, I was on a broken ankle. Um, so I couldn't train or play the last two months of that academy. Union junior six season schedule, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I was just praying, you know, that they would, they would accept me because uh, – you know, I didn't want to, I really, I really wanted to join the program. So mm-hmm. like they did, they took a chance on me and, you know, I <laughs> came through the ranks there. So I think probably like 10, 10 is when I started with them. And then, yeah, 21 is when I, I dipped out on them. But yeah, uh, yeah Philly's a lot of, a lot of love for Philly. I'm a, I'm a union juniors grad myself. I'm a 2000, but our career paths kind of, kind of diverged a little bit. I'm a, uh, you you made you play for Gank now Champions League qualifying team. I'm in uh, I play D3 down at Emory in Atlanta, so you know a little bit of a different career path, but started in the same place more or less. Yeah, man, yeah, man. Look, and you never counted out. Look, I know people who started from from you know some some difficult places. Look at Jamie Vardy, for example. This guy wasn't even playing. Uh, so you know, at the end of the day, different journeys and different career paths, but you never know what end up. Football's a crazy game. You know, sports in general are crazy, but but football. Is- so many different ways you can go about making it. So, yeah, man. So now shifting gears to your time at Gank, how do you feel like you've settled in? Do you feel like you're, I mean, you said it's a little, the city's not like what you're used to as far as like the hustle and bustle of New York, but do you feel like it's a home for you by now? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. It's my first, uh, first taste of European life, but you know, I'm, I'm thankful for it. You know, I think it, because it's a little bit slower pace, it's allowed me the opportunity to kind of settle in without feeling like I'm, you know, uh, in a in a frenzy. Um, of course, now I'm I'm really settled in, so I'm looking for a little bit more pace. But 
the city itself, people here are very friendly. You know, they know your face. They know you play for the club. You know, nobody's really running up to you and, you know, bombarding you, asking for photos and pictures and stuff. Uh, of course, occasionally, yeah, you get that. But, you know, people, you know, they know you, they greet you, um, familiar faces. So it's a, a tight-knit community is what I call it just because football is like the, the glue that keeps it all together in a way. Um, mm. You know, football, is, it runs through the city. And uh, I think that's what, what gives it that life, you know? So uh, I've, I've enjoyed my time here. You know, again, Belgium is also like a little, it's like a, a middle grounds and, you know, in Europe, you know, you look at Holland is, or the Netherlands, I should say, is only 40 minutes north. Uh, Germany, Dusseldorf is 40 minutes uh, east. France is yeah, five hours south. But if I want to go to the French border, it's only about a couple of hours. Um, uh, what's it called? Luxembourg is also a few hours away. So you're in the middle of a lot of places, uh, a lot of a lot of countries, a lot of cities, a lot of different cultures. So I think that's the, the neat part of, of where I'm at, you know, and then just gank in general. I'm only an hour away from, from Brussels and an hour away from uh, Antwerp and, and, and Bruges is mm-hmm. a couple of hours. So. Like at the end of the day, you know, I'm here, you know, to, to handle business and that's play football. You know, the outside life, yeah, it's a big part. It's a, another part of, of being over here. Don't get me wrong, but, you know, with time, you know, you start to learn the, the nuances of, of, you know, how you conduct your everyday life, you know, and pockets you can fit in uh, or pockets you can you can use to, to kind of squeeze in little trips here and there to make it feel uh, like, like you're not disconnected from the world. Yeah, so... I get a question I have then is like, if I were to go to Belgium, what, or to Genk specifically, like what are some things that I would need to go to see or do or like places to eat? Okay. Let's see. Excuse me. Uh, If you're coming to Genk, I don't think you'd come to Belgium to come to Genk, to be honest, (laughs) unless you're coming for a match. Um, But if you did come to Genk, I would recommend, you know, there's a popular, uh, famous Italian chef named Pepe. Uh, he, his restaurant's actually like right downstairs from my apartment. Um, but you probably just come to Central. It's the city center essentially is what it is. Um, and here you have, yeah, you got different restaurants, retail stores and whatnot. It's not yeah. huge. You know, there's a mall here. It's not huge, don't get me wrong, but it's still, there's enough, you know, that you can, you can see. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably take you to the to the mine because Genk is is known for was built and founded on mining, um, coal mining that is. So that's yeah, five minutes down the road for me. Um, and then for food, I'd probably there's some good Turkish spots around here. Um, yeah, so there's a lot you know, in Europe in kebab, Yeah, in general. Um, so if you want a kebab or if you want, uh, yeah, any Turkish food really. Um, yeah. There's a few good spots over here, um, and there's a few good Italian spots as well. So big Italian, big Italian presence here as well. So uh, yeah, you want Italian food or you want some Turkish food? There's a yeah, a few spots you what, can hit up. And what about pizza? What's the quality of pizza like over there? No, it's good. Uh, it's actually uh, it, you have to find the right spots. So you know they got like Domino's here, but Domino's is like <laughs> it's not the same as in the states. You know it's a bit. The, the quality is a little bit, it's lower. Yeah. But 
I shouldn't even be talking about dominoes, man. People are gonna think I'm eating dominoes. I was gonna like, say, yo. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah come on. Yeah, people are gonna think I'm eating dominoes like that. First off, the pizza, it doesn't compare <laughs> it to the pizza that you eat in New York. You, you get a slice in New York for like a dollar, and that's like yeah. a big slice, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's it's tough because you know, you get these little, it's you know, a tiny, tiny little pizza, pizza slice. I'm like, it's not gonna fill me up, you know? Yeah. And that's mine, just on an off day. This is on like an off day, or if I have like a couple days off, you know, I'm not eating this on a regular, but. Yeah, I think you can also go down to some Italian spots and they make up some fresh pizza, fresh fresh cheese, fresh parsley and basil, fresh, uh, yeah, fresh dough, handmade. So it's yeah, it's good, man. You can, you can definitely get a. I have to tell you where to go, but but yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't say you just go anywhere and go. Oh, I want pizza now. Nah. <laughs> just let me know if you're coming to Yank and I'll, I'll direct you. Uh, yeah, yeah, nice. It seems like you're ju- you're adjusting or have adjusted very well to the to the to the life over there in Europe. Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the biggest thing. I told my family I was gonna adapt and I was gonna commit to to, to adapt because that's the only way. You know, I think sometimes it's hard to leave your American mindset, and I'm still growing out of it. But you know, you bring over so many things that you used to in America, and you know, with stuff like here, stuff isn't open 24 hours. You know, you yeah. got a couple places that are. You got like the train station that has a, it's like a little express store that's open. But aside from that, stuff right here is closing at five, six, seven in the evening. And then you got uh, the gas stations closed. You don't have Wawa. You don't have uh, Wawa. Uh, what's it, uh, you don't have Wawa or what's the Damn. other one that uh, sheets? What's the, uh, sheets? Sheets. Yeah, there it is. Sheets. Yeah, yeah. You don't have sheets. You don't have you know uh, Walgreens or CVS. You know or uh, yeah, you don't have these little conveniences that we have in the States, you yeah. know, um, that, that you kind of take for granted sometimes. So you have to plan ahead of time. I think that's been, that was a, my biggest adjustment, especially coming in COVID, where stuff, yeah, people were, people were clocking out at like four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm getting done training. I'm just getting home at two o'clock. So I'm like, yo, I got to go grocery shopping. I got to get this, that, and the other. And then you're like, at six o'clock, you're like, oh, shoot, I forgot. I need milk. You know, yeah. so I got to go to the supermarket. Supermarket closes in 20 minutes. Or, oh, I forgot to get a rubbing alcohol because I need to clean off this, you know, whatever. You know, clean. I have yeah, a, yeah. something I need to clean off, right? And you're like, oh, it's, you know, convenient. But the supermarket may not have it. And the little convenience store may have it. But they're, they've been closed for two hours now. So it's, yeah. it's stuff like that that you're like, oh, man. It's, but that's they're more laid back over there, it seems like, you know, like they, yeah, they don't yeah. want they're not like working as long hours as, as in the states. Nah, man, they got it. They need to make sure they get their rest. I think like the first, yeah, yeah. the first Sunday of every month they're open, and then the, the every other Sunday and the rest of the month, you know, they're closed. Everything shuts closed, down. Closed. Yeah. Um, Monday is like a reset day. Uh, so yeah, the rest out here is, is yeah, big. So you have to definitely plan ahead of time, um, which mm-hmm. isn't a bad thing. You know, I don't, I don't bash them for it because. I think rest is important. You know, I think in, in America we could use more rest. You know, people sure. people work themselves to the ground. So yeah, yeah. So you have won. How many trophies have you won in your career? You won Nations League, one with Gank or two professional with professional trophies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You won one won with the Supporter Shield, Shield with Union. I won Nations the Belgian League, Cup. Belgian Cup, so three. Nations League, and uh, yeah, I could have won the Super Cup. We, yeah, we yeah. lost the Super Cup match, but yeah, so far three. Um, so yeah, you've had some success all, at every stage of your career you've had success so far as a pro so like yeah. what are your goals going into to this year do you have like any individual goals or like what are what are your team goals as a, as a group 
Yeah, I mean, individually, I think it's just to assert myself as a top defender in this league. And I said it in MLS, you know, and it came to fruition. But I'm a big advocate. You know, I write it down, you know, and make sure I hold myself to it. So just each day, you know, trying to to, to remind myself that that's a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and each week, each game, each training, trying to, trying to put that into play. So I think it's coming, you know, again, still adjusting to the league and whatnot. But at the same time. I think that I can I can definitely take my game to another level um, and definitely serve myself as, as a top top defender in the, in the Belgian league, you know, and ultimately take the next step to, to go to a top five league. So, uh, and then, yeah, just other, other little things in my game, you know, I think are just individual goals, I guess you could say. Um, but uh, team-wise, yeah, Champions League, you know, we're in the midst of it right now. We were down 1-0 uh, to, to Shakhtar. We go out there next week, so... Um, trying to, to to put ourselves in a place to compete in the yeah in the group stage, you know, to to, to go out there and, and play against the best of the best, right? That's what you want to do. That's mm-hmm. what you dream about as as a kid, you know, going out in the anthem and, and playing against you know these the teams like PSG and Madrid and, and, and Dortmund, and Liverpool and uh, City, you know, Man U. So all these teams, you know, and look at the big names that you play against, and that's the that's the goal, you know, that's the level that you want to be at. So. We're, we're fighting for that now and then ultimately winning the, the league this year and winning the cup again. Those are just two tangible, three tangible goals that I think we'll have, uh, you know, the, we, we control our own destiny in that. So, Before we hop back into the, our episode with Mark, I want to take a minute to introduce to you a new sponsor here at Keeping It Simple called Life Fuel. That is life with a Y. And after I first tried their recovery shakes, I was asking myself why. Why hadn't I heard of this sooner or tried this sooner? So Life Fuel, instead of using synthetic vitamins like other companies, Life Fuel uses real whole foods in their protein and recovery shakes. The recovery shakes are guaranteed to fill you up without making you feel bloated or giving you a large sugar spike and crash. It's just clean, consistent energy that will make you feel great. Head on over to lifefuel.com and use promo code SIMPLEFUEL10 for 10% off your first order. Remember, that's life with a Y. L-Y-F-E-F-U-E-L dot com. All right, back to the episode. Yeah. I know so you, you uh, like, you want to, obviously you want to play for a top five league. You can't, I'm sure you'd be happy to play in, in any of the top five leagues, but if you had to say like one that you enjoyed watching as a kid the most, or you think suits your style of play the most, which league would you think that would be? Mm. Uh, it's tough because I'm, I'm big on adaptation, you know, and, and, and adapting to where you're at, you know, becoming, you know, one who's able to mold his game into, of course you have your, the state, the pillars of your game. Right. But you also have the ability to adjust to like, Oh, okay. Well, I need, you know, this, fast-paced league or this is a slower-paced league so um i think for me i came up watching the Serie A, you know in italy with my, my pops so i think that would be a you know a good one especially as a defender you know learning the yeah the foundations of, of being a, the a top defender look at your look at the euros you know with italy you know coming out as, as the european champion you know and how they have two mainstays in their back line and they're not the youngest guys by any means mm-hmm. right but yep. but they are they are defenders to a t you know and they take pride in keeping clean sheets and, and keeping 
uh, you know, other forwards from having a good day or other teams, period, from having a, an easy day. So uh, I think that would be one, a league that I'd be interested in joining, just just to see how, uh, to, to continue to, again, grow my game, you know. Um, and then France, France, I think, is another league that I'd be interested in simply because it's a, it can be a fast-paced league, you know, um, both with the ball and without the ball. Uh, I think it allows me to, to work on my, my game. You know, I'm a, I'm a defender who likes to, to press forward. Um, I don't like sitting back. You know, I feel like it's a bit boring sometimes when you sit back and you adjust, but sometimes it's efficient, you know. So, um, but I think for me, you know, the, the, the French league and its, its pace would be interesting. Yeah. And Italy is the place to be for Americans right now. We got two more. That well, Venezia specifically. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. no, Venezia is, uh, they're racking up right now on, on the Americans. Yeah. They're, I, they're about to be America's team. Yeah, honestly, yeah. honestly. You're about to have a lot of people in America rocking. And, and, and their, kids, their jerseys so. are tough, too. Smart business. Their smart jerseys? Actually, yeah. No, they're, they're, clean. Actually, they're actually clean. They're actually clean. So I'd be, uh, yeah, I'm excited for those two, John Luca and, uh, and Tanner. You know, yeah. uh, I'm excited to see how they, uh, yeah, kind of step into the team, you know, with, with yeah, Vanessa now playing and said, yeah, you know, and getting promoted. So, yeah, it's a new, new, exciting, you know, wave of uh, players coming up. Yeah. It's crazy. Definitely. Crazy. Um, so, that you just backing up a little bit, you're saying you're kind of still adapting to the Belgian league. Um, what, like, what specific aspects do you find yourself still adapting to? I think for me, the biggest thing is winning more of my aerial duels. Like, I feel like I can do that better. Um, and being in this league, you know, you play against teams who may not be as tight, as technically savvy, you know, and being able to do it off the back and and, uh, and break you down with the ball. You know, so sometimes they'll lump it forward, you know, and, and, and play hold-up game, mm-hmm. you know, with their nine, you know, and their nine and their ten. I think I can be better and and be more dominant in that, you know, again, I'm not the biggest guy, you know, I'm about six foot, you know, but I feel like the timing of my, my, my jumps can be better, you know, in order to help me to win more of these duels, you know, knocking a guy off before he's able to take, you know, make a jump, you know, not in a way to, not in a way to foul him or make it obvious, but. No, it's the dark arts. Yeah, yeah, a little you know, nudge. You know, it's a little, little nuances of, of, of the yeah. game, you know, so. I think that's, you know, one area that I really feel like I can, I can be better in, you know, and I'm still adjust, not necessarily adjusting to, but, but I can be better at, you know, in the mm-hmm. league. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I think that's just, uh, that answers your question. Yeah. Uh, well, another, t- go kind of going off of that too, or not really, but uh, the language as is like a center back, you got to be communicating a lot. Is that tough to, cause they do no. they speak English or no man yeah it's been they speak English you know honestly they speak yeah. they speak better English and I speak Dutch so it's uh <laughs> so it works out um my first yeah, we're lucky was, English yeah. is the world's language nowadays it's crazy yeah man I wish I wish I went harder in my languages when I was in you know when yeah. I was younger but yeah you know luckily blessed to, to be in a game that's international so you're around different cultures and languages and people of different origins mm-hmm. all the time so you know, I've been able to, to learn Spanish, you know, so we got five Spanish speakers on the team. Uh, so that has been, you know, handy to have. Uh, but, yeah, I'm taking Dutch lessons because I'm in the Dutch-speaking part of the, the country. But, you know, I plan on taking French at some point in uh, the near the near months. So, uh, yeah, the, the language really isn't too much of a barrier. You know, I think learning simple commands, you know, that I've, that I've picked up in Dutch, you know, whether it be links or X or you know, step or drop or things like that, 
you know, I think mm. they, they help because the game is it's not very complicated at times, you know, but a simple command of left or right can, can really go a long way, especially as a central defender. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess, uh, like, one more topic before we wrap up a little bit. The national team, they just won the uh, Gold Cup. What was that like just watching that for you? Did you stay up late honest. to watch it is, also, is a good question, too, because it must have been late as shit there for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, or man, early. Tough, Honestly, it was, it, I, I didn't watch a lot of the games because it's just too late. You know, mm-hmm. they start at 7.30 or 8.30 in the evening. You know, it's already 2, 1.30, 1.30, 2.30 uh, yeah. in the morning mm-hmm. over here. So I catch the highlights the next day or I, because I'm on the, the team's uh, video, uh, video analyst, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the app. I can go back and watch the games in full. So it, uh, it works out in that sense. But, yeah, for me to stay up, you know, that late, you know, I got training at – I got to be in training, you know, at 8.30 the next morning. It's yeah. not wise at all. But, yeah, I'm extremely happy for the group, man. You know, it's uh, it just shows the depth of of the – yeah, of the team, really. You know, you talk about, you know, the A and B team, I guess you could say, um, with Nations League and, and now this Gold Cup, you know, playing against – Essentially, Mexico's A team in both circumstances, you know. Now you got twenty guys, twenty-two guys who essentially play in Europe, and now you got twenty-something guys who play in MLS. That you can call yeah, on, and, and you see that, yeah, you can see that they they, they can step up to the plate. Their name is called, so I think mean, that's a luxury to have, especially as a coach, you know, and as mm-hmm. a federation to see how much quality you know that you have from the goalies all the way up to the forwards, you know, and if guys hurt, if a guy is out of form, if a guy uh, yeah, needs a pick-me-up or needs a boost, you know, just through competition, you know, with other guys and that, yeah, again, competition, I feel like breeds success. So, you know, more competition you can have, you know, the better the, the group is going to be from it and then further we can go as a, as a team and as a nation. So, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely happy for the group, you know, and, and going against Mexico and, Honestly, being considered the underdog, you know, because mm-hmm. everybody's looking like, oh, it's a bunch of MLS guys, and can they do it? You know, it's a young group, this, that, and the other. At the end of the day, it's about football, right? It's about going out, winning your duels, and, and, and coming out victorious, executing the game plan, and then adjusting the game plan because it's not all X's and O's, and then being able to do it on the fly, you know, uh, and then, again, focusing on the fact that you want to impose yourself on the other team. So I think, again, it wasn't – maybe the prettiest football, you know, at times in the tournament, it wasn't the greatest style, but it's about winning at the end of the day, especially in the tournament. So it may not be pretty and it may be scrappy, but lifting a trophy at the end of it, you know, and that's that's all you can ask for. Right. So you can bash us all day about this, that, and the other, but at the end of the day, we were the top dog. So uh, I think we've asserted ourselves in the region, you know, as, as, as a top dog. And now we have to reassert ourselves again, going into work for qualification. Yeah, to me, I think it was good that it was scrappy. I think it was like four or five one zero wins, but it, like yeah. for CONCACAF, like the scrap is just as important as anything because it's going to be tough. You're going to go into like Honduras and all these El Salvador, all these places, and it's not going to be easy. So you got to be able to like scrap out the win. So it was good. It shows that we had like the like as a squad, the mentality, I feel like to, to go in and scrap out results, even though if it won't be a lot of those guys in qualifying, it's still kind of like a contagious thing, I feel like within the squad. So it's good to see. No, it's it's huge. It's important, very important. Yeah, and just good representation on the program, and like Greg and just the whole coaching staff. Our guy 
we had Travis Thomas on a few weeks ago. Oh, Trav, yeah, yeah, Travis, yeah. My man. Um, just they, they, they just want to win, and that's <laughs> that's it. It's good um, to see. So, I think we're gonna wrap up here. Will you got any last questions? No, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. My my closing thought here or question is: I want a New York Giants predict record prediction for this coming year. <laughs> Oh boy. Healthy Saquon. Uh, you got healthy Saquon. Yeah, and no, I'm glad to have him back. It's uh oh boy. Okay. Uh <laughs> I put him I put him above five hundred this year. Yeah, yeah. Above five hundred. I put him at like nine and seven. Well they got an they got an extra game now, right? Yeah. Oh wait, it's extra game. Yeah, yeah. I think they play seventeen uh, games now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put him at I put him at nine and eight. Nine and okay. eight. Right. That'll, that'll probably yeah. win the NFC. Yeah, that'll win the NFC games. <laughs> I think. I think that that I'm praying that that's how how it turns out because my family, I got family who are Cowboys fans. I got family who's Eagles fans. You know, so I can't. You know, I gotta trying to represent, but you know, they gotta help me out. Yep. Yeah, man. Yeah. We grew up in Pennsylvania as Giants fans, so it ain't easy. It's all the oh, oh, I mean, yeah. it's all uh, Eagles fans around Eagles. here. Yeah, I, I, I feel. I hear that. I hear that. So. so. Yeah, man. I think this eight. is the year. This is, this the, is year. the year. Giants won the Super Bowl at nine and seven. Don't forget that. Never forget. You heard it here first. Well, <laughs> maybe not first, but you heard it here. Yep. All right. Thanks for coming on, Mark. We really appreciate it. And go check out Slice of Soccer, Orange Slices with uh, Heath and Mark. It's a good, yes, great sir. podcast. It's only going up. Ah, much love. Much love, man. Go check it out. Yeah, man. All appreciate right. you guys.